Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive. No, I'm not Bill Cameron. I'm not Dan Peck either. I am Jacob Goins, host of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7, the show that comes on right before this from 2 to 4, and uh, pull a double duty here on this Wednesday afternoon here on ESPN 106.7. Hope you're doing well. Staying warm. It's chilly outside on this Wednesday. Sun is shining, but I don't think it matters. I mean, supposed to get some... We were supposed to get some weather early on, didn't get it, but it's just cold out there now. So, uh, But hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. Tons to talk about on the show today, and it is Wednesday, and we're joined by Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover and Auburn 247. Jason, thanks so much for being in the studio, man. It's great to talk to you on the air for the first time in a while. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It's uh, at least the sun shining, uh, not windy, um, no snow, no ice, none of those things, so it's it's, it's cool, but uh, it could be a lot worse. So hopefully uh, folks in North, Alabama, North Alabama and North Mississippi and Tennessee and all those folks can can uh, get and move around. And, hey, for Auburn basketball tonight in Nashville, hopefully the folks that are that have been planning to go to that can mm-hmm. make it. I know it's going to be a challenge for some folks. But, yeah, doing good, and uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, did Nashville, did they get a bunch of that snow and ice and all that they stuff? Got, yeah, my sister-in-law lives there. They got. Okay. She said they had six, seven inches of snow, but wow. she, she works at hospital, and she was able to get to work that morning. You know, places like that can withstand it, prepare it. a little bit more. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, Tennessee played last night yeah. Uh, yeah. or yesterday afternoon at like four o'clock Central Time, played a home game, and so they're able to to maneuver. So, I, I you know, we'll see. Hopefully, the, everything will be able to go tonight in a, a late night eight o'clock tip. Mm. I think in Nashville. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, all things considered, it, it's fine down here in Auburn. I've got family in North Alabama that got hit with snow and ice and on. Monday when we were off for MLK Day they got snow and ice and it was 60 degrees here in Auburn so um, all you know it's kind of crazy going on with the weather right now but we appreciate you being with us on this Wednesday afternoon here on the drive on ESPN 106.7 you can give us a call on the hotline presented by Skybar that number is 334-321-1390 anything on your mind on this Wednesday afternoon you can ask us ask Jason while we have him here for the first hour Uh, we've got a lot of Auburn football news to talk about we have uh, some news on the off offensive side of the ball when it comes to the coaching staff basketball to talk about today and then you'll have me for all of our number two so again give us a call 334-321-1390 you can also hit us up on the drive text box that number is 334-564-1840 that is brought to you by southeastern industrial contractors they also sponsor the podcast of the drive and and, and jason i think there's no better place to start than the news from today for albert football New offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach as well. Derek Nix over from Ole Miss. He'll be the offensive coordinator. And Ken Austin was promoted to the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, despite what uh, others have tweeted, Auburn was able to get Derek Nix as his offensive coordinator. It's kind of what we've been expecting. We've been waiting on this for a, a few days now. and um, Really good addition. Um, a guy that you know, you've kind of seen on the recruiting trail and, and watched coach. Uh, been at Ole Miss for 16 years, played at Southern Miss, coached at Southern Miss, but you know, he is originally from um, you know, Atala from Etowah High School. Him and him and Cadillac were actually in the same backfield when Cadillac was a freshman. He Isn't was that a wild? senior. Um, big he was a big physical running back and was a, a big time player at Southern Miss, but a guy that I I, I just talked to Derek Nick, Nick this afternoon, pretty soon after the announcement, and uh, I have a story up uh, there you can read it, AuburnUndercover.com. But you know, 
talking about the the familiarity when you talk about you know Derek Nix and um, Hugh Freeze together, but Ken Austin moves on the field for Auburn as quarterback coach. That's the guy that they were on the field together at Ole Miss, and then Ben Agamawa was there. Uh, Jake Thornton is a guy he worked with at Ole Miss too. So there's a lot of familiar faces mm-hmm. for this Auburn offensive coaching staff. And he said, look, that's important. Uh, we've seen it, how important it is to all be on the same page and do those things. He talked about it today. So um, really good addition, guy that's going to be a running back coach, offense coordinator, um, and be heavily involved in the offense itself. So um, nothing but positives for me. Yeah, well, I think so far the reaction um, from uh, those within the program, fans around the program, and guys like us that cover it for a daily basis, I mean, been a really good response so far. Uh, when, when this was beginning to brew a little bit that Derek Nix was going to be in the running for this and now ultimately um, him becoming the offensive coordinator, how was his kind of his excitement level when you were talking to him a little bit today? And then we'll get to the phone lines. Yeah, he, really excited, but he said, it, you know, whirlwind, trying to pack some things to, to prepare. To, yeah. to get down here and 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 get kind of entrenched um and while dealing with family he's got got three children and so um yeah but you could tell the excitement level I, I think just to make a move like that I think it took something where he goes look I, I've got to feel like I'm I'm around people and, and that home feeling for him was big mm-hmm. even though he's never been to Auburn I mean in terms of coaching hasn't coached here didn't play here but he said hey my grandfather, we, we grew up watching Auburn football games, and he said, hey, Bo Jackson, he said, Stan White, that undefeated team, he he brought those things up. Yeah. And so this is a guy that, that's familiar with Auburn football history. He's watched the program over the years, and now he gets to, to be a part of it with guys he knows. I think he's really excited and um, excited about the opportunity. Well, that should uh, that should get Auburn fans excited about the guy and kind of let them know what sort of guy they're getting in Derek Nix. We're going to talk a lot more about him being hired as the offensive coordinator, Ken Austin, becoming the quarterback's coach today as well. But let's get to the hotline. Let's get to the phone lines brought to you by Skybar, 334-321-1390. And Marcus, you're first up here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hey, guys. How are you all? Doing good, man. What's on your mind? I'm really happy with the additions he's made. I think a recruiting is getting much better with the staff he's putting together. He's got guys that he knows and he trusts, and that more importantly, they know how he wants to run the program. The only question I have, because I know there was a stipulation in his contract to leave Ole Miss, that he has to be the primary play caller, and Lane Kiffin had put something out today that he congratulated him on being the play caller for the first time in his career going to Auburn University. Um, is there any way that they're going to try to monitor that? Are we going to have to pay a buyout? Or is he truly just going to be the play caller and Hughes just kind of get everything ready for him and let him call plays on Saturday? No, I think he'll be involved in the play calling. Um, there's no way to monitor to go, oh, well, I called uh, 17 plays in this game. Like, th- <laughs> right. That's Lane Kiffin. Yes. That's Lane Kiffin yep. shot across the bow doing his Twitter thing. Who's uh, upset about Auburn getting Derek yeah, Nix. Yeah, Let's make yeah, that clear. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, that's, that's what it is. I, I mean – to have a stipulation going, well, you got to call at least 50% of the plays. Well, who not? Okay, can he call the spring game? Does that count? I mean, there's no way to monitor exactly who calls every play. He will involve, he'll be involved. I think he'll call some plays, but I think Hugh Freeze is going to be heavily involved in the offense, and, and he's going to, it'll probably look fairly similar to what they do at Ole Miss, but I do think that, that Derek Nix is going to be involved as a play caller, run game stuff, a, a lot of that. But yeah, there's, there's no way to go out. They only called forty-eight percent of the plays. You owe us. No, I just, just, I just don't think there's any way around that. And here's the great irony: as soon as Texas gets beat, hopefully by Baltimore Sunday, his brother's gonna be our defensive coordinator. 
I think there's a chance. I, I think there's other guys involved. Um, but there, yeah, there's a chance that yeah, Chris Kiffin could be that guy. I think DJ Durkin's like one of those guys involved too. That's I, a big name I, too. To me, I think those would be the two guys to focus on. We'll we'll see how it shakes out here in the next few days. All right, guys, I appreciate what you're doing. Like I said, I look forward to the 24 season. Do you think that the incoming freshman, since he's already on campus, do you think he could beat out Thorne and be the quarterback in 24? The uh, freshman, yeah, Walker White? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, here's the White. thing. I, here's the thing. I think they're going to they're gonna open it up, and all these guys are going to have an opportunity. Walker is a physical player. Um, got a chance to see him in person in San Antonio a couple weeks ago, um, myself and Christian Clemente. and We watched Walker play game one of his season this year. We drove out to Little Rock, watched him play on a Friday night. To see the growth for him from game one to that week of the All-Star game, the one question I had was how do you adjust to the speed and talent? That's Because no matter what high school quarterback it is, unless you're at IMG Academy, you're going to have to adjust to that. He adjusted pretty seamlessly in San Antonio dealing with those kind of guys. He's already on campus. He's here. You know, like basketball games, you look up and he's he's standing in there. He's talking to older guys. Watched him hang around, talked to Bo Nix for a while the other day. He wants to be good, and that's the first step. So uh, he's going to have a shot. Um, you know, you know, because you know what what you don't know is is that if it's all things equal, if it's if it's close, then you go, hey, am I going to roll with a true freshman? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll just have to see how the spring goes. But I do think he's going to have every opportunity, along with Hank Brown and Holden Garner. I mean, I really believe they're going to go. Hey, let's go see who wins it. And uh, and I do the one thing I do think: Cam Coleman, Bryce Kane, these young guys, every opportunity right away to go out and and get on the field and say, "Look, this we're going to grow and learn a, as we move forward." Well, the big year for me is twenty five. I mean, I think we could be better next year, but if we could get this kids and let them play for a year and have all the experience. In 2025, we have a tremendous shot of making the 12-team playoff. And I know we talk about these receivers, but watch the kid from Baker, Bryce Kane. He hasn't played mm-hmm. football very long, but he's incredibly fast and quick. He could be the sleeper in the receiver group. He could be outstanding. I'm with you on that, Marcus. Hey, thanks so much for the call, man. We thanks, appreciate Jeff. you calling in. 334-321-1390. Marcus getting us going on the phone lines. And, yeah, I think you said a lot of good things there, Jason, with the with the quarterback room. You know, it's something we talked about on my show quite a bit, it seems like, is you know, there's still a big group of the fan base that wants Auburn to go after a portal quarterback, right? They're they're not comfortable. They're not confident. There's a lot of uncertainty there because we don't fully know who the starter is going to be. We thought it was going to be Peyton Thorne. He got that that nod from Hugh Freeze, and then the, the underperformance in the bowl game kind of brought all that back down to earth. And so I think there's a lot of fans that, yeah, they're just kind of uncertain, just like Marcus was, about who the quarterback's going yeah, to be. Yeah, and, and I think so much of it is tied to just the underperformance at other positions, too. Because yeah. um, quite honestly, you, you look and this season looked a lot like the last four or five years for Auburn football. Well, the 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 key for that is it's still been the same wide receivers Mm -hmm. that's been a big part of it now Peyton Thorne had to play better and do some of those things and force some issues along the way but I've I've said it before uh, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face had you flipped Bo Nix and Mac Jones in 2020 Bo Nix wins the Heisman Mac Jones isn't the starter at Auburn I somebody can convince me otherwise I'm fully believe that if you put Mac Jones in this offense and, and that offense and said look now go win it he, he's not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, good luck. Lack, lack of protection, the lack of explosive plays, wide receiver. You start to add some of those things now. Mm-hmm. How much can Peyton Thorne take? The other part of this, too, is you know he wasn't in the spring last year. 
So it people it, forget it, that it hampered, they forget that it hampered the entire offense to yeah. try to go. Okay, here's the guy, but you know you had less time to work with it. We'll see. Um, do I think we've seen? I mean, Peyton Thorne was an 11 game winner at Michigan State, and 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 you know played in New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. Better pieces around him. He had two guys that are NFL wide receivers that were on that team. Played pretty good. Can you get there? quick enough by august with the new pieces in place that's what you have to see i think people forget that and when people are because auburn hasn't obviously gotten one through the portal and if they go out and get one after spring are you just putting yourself in the same situation right are you just going and getting a quarterback that was good one place and plug and play and hope that it works out i mean i just don't know if that's worth the risk right now well and the thing you look and you go okay who was the the, the must get guy that you had to have was was cam ward right everybody mm-hmm. oh, you got to go get that guy well they went six and seven yeah he threw 200 more passes than Peyton Thorne did mm. I mean 200 that's a season um okay is is he automatic well with better players around him he's probably going to be okay well can you get to that point how if, many quarterbacks fit that narrative that's though? it but I mean you look just look at the and I say it all the time look at the NFL look like Tua and the Miami Dolphins when they were all healthy were as good as any offense in the league you take just Tyree Kill away for two quarters and it all fell apart yeah and you go okay well, they're still NFL wide receivers, but they're not that guy. <laughs> when you have a right. few of that guys, then it makes everybody better. And Auburn got those guys in in this class. You added some key transfer guys. Now, how much more can you do it and how quickly can it come together? Which should excite a lot of Auburn fans. Not just the receivers and the running backs and the offensive line, but I think it's okay to have a little bit of uncertainty in that quarterback room because now I think it will be a legitimate quarterback battle through the spring and probably into the fall yeah and and you go you go all right it's 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 going to be a a, very much the same offense but Mm -hmm. it's going to function much differently right it's going to function like the end of the year and the beginning of the year and not the middle of the year um the experiment and and i've said it over and over the experiment to slow it down to try to run the football and and slow the it worked against Georgia yeah, to keep you in the football game, in hindsight, it's probably the worst thing that ever happened. Hmm. In, in reality, had you lost that game by – Three touchdowns? Then they go, look, we can't play that way. We're not, we need to speed it back up again mm-hmm. because it cost you against LSU. It cost you against Ole Miss. By the end of the year, you're probably moving along at a much different pace because you've been working on it longer. Like I said, it worked for a little while. But then it probably cost you later in the year, and you never got there. And, and then you still didn't have the guys at wide receiver to, to be able to do what you want to do, which impacted some of that to begin with. All of that is very, very important when it comes to an offense flowing. We'll see what happens. But we have more to talk about when it comes to what the offense could look like, thanks to Derek Nix becoming the offensive coordinator, Ken Austin becoming the new quarterbacks coach. We'll talk about all of that here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. After this, we'll come back. Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover joining us in the studio. Don't go anywhere. And Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Back inside the studio here for the Wednesday edition of The Drive. I'm Jacob Goetz filling in for Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. Bill is uh, out of town for the week. Dan is uh, doing his duties with Troy Women's Basketball play-by-play. But I'm joined by Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover, who joins us on The Drive every single Wednesday. Plug everything. Tell people where they can find it before we get to the phone lines. Yeah, uh, you can check us out at auburnundercover.com, part of the 24-7 network. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ITATJason. Like I said, uh, tons of stuff going on i mean obviously with the the, the coaching hires today um the, the the kind of the interview that we got with Derek nicks basketball tonight mm-hmm. have a little baseball probably tomorrow is thrown in there for good measure there and all, go. always recruiting so uh, you can check all that there uh, so hopefully uh folks can can find it and find a home you guys do fantastic work over there at auburn undercover at auburn247.com we got people stacked up on the sky bar hotline let's go ahead and start getting to them shane you're first up man what's on your mind Hey guys, how are y'all? Doing good, Shane. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jason, I had something to ask you specifically. Um, since you're you're in it right now, um, the the quarterback race since it's wide open, you know, um, originally you might think that Peyton Thorne might have the the one up because he's been there, you know, for, you know for a season, but the relationship that Walker White is building with the incoming receivers how uh, i've been reading you know how they're they're playing right now they're 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 uh, they're getting to know each other they're throwing together is that could that be if if those are receivers that we are that we are playing uh would that give walker white maybe an edge or at least you know um an equal shot in your opinion yeah you know they'll they'll throw um right now they're kind of starting to work out they'll all throw together here starting pretty soon they'll do that throughout the summer so all the quarterbacks will get together what do do i think he's got a bond with those guys yeah absolutely because they've been talking to each other now since um june or so and and kind of building that bond off the field i mean even we went to see um you know walker play in, in little rock in august post game he's talking to malcolm and and Bryce, a couple of those guys about their games and kind of what y'all do, and do. so that bond is going to be really important. But yeah, they'll all these guys will start throwing together. All the guys on campus, um, they'll have a lot of time to build those bonds. But I think from a a personality standpoint, yeah, obviously the young guys because they've been talking so long will have that that bond for sure. Well, well, I know all the quarterbacks and you know everybody will get together and throw. Do. Is that is that um, you know just just kind of like hey let's just go out and, and uh, yeah. throw some balls around today is that is that how they'll all do that Yeah, they'll do it at different times. Yeah, um, you know because we're we're I was talking and said um, you know that like Peyton Thorne, um, his former high school teammate, the, the transfer that's coming in from Cal, those guys are rooming together. So you'll have yeah. him, you know, Sam Jackson will, will be out there throwing, and some of those older guys, the young guys will mix in. Yeah, there'll be different times for different quarterbacks and receivers. The young guys will go throw with Peyton at times. I mean, so yeah, they'll they'll mix it together. I would imagine that Walker probably because of those young guys will probably have a little bit more of those opportunities early on. But yeah, eventually they'll all kind of work together. But yeah, it's all done. Hey, it's Saturday morning. Let's go throw after the workout. Or hey, we're off today, but let's go throw some. That's kind of how it works. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks, man. Thanks, yeah, appreciate the call, Shane. 334-321-1390. We'll continue rolling on. Inspector, you're on uh, You're on the drive with Jacob Goins and Jason Caldwell. Hey, guys. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze said uh, he didn't say 
Peyton Thorne's job to lose. He said this is wide open for the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So that tells me something right there. Uh, you're forgetting about Hank Brown. Well, Jason, I mean, yeah, Jason mentioned Hank Brown earlier. Uh-huh. Okay, I missed that then. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. here, here we go. Uh, you know, uh, Jason, that um, – Hold on a minute. I lost my train of thought when you cut me off. Yeah, no, that's like, yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, I mentioned Hank and all those guys. I think it, I think it's a true four person battle. I really do. Um, and, and it's hard to have that, but I think they'll, especially in the spring, they're going to throw those guys out there and, and see what they can do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, Peyton Thorne, our, his excuses were piling up to the end of last year or to the end of the season. And, uh, you know, everybody's blaming the offensive line, the receivers, and so on. But you can't blame any of those people when you throw a ball to the right to the offensive, defensive player. You can't blame those players when you're throwing blind. You can't blame those players when you make wrong decisions. This is the problem we have with Peyton Thorne. Well, here, here, well I'm going to cut you off for a second. Like the Vandy game, absolutely, you know that one. The bowl game, do we know that the receiver ran the wrong, the right route or not? There's there's, th- well, there's things we don't know about some of these things. Some of the some uh, of the errant yeah. throws, do we know that the receiver was in the right spot? Some uh, that's what I said. It's not just a one thing situation. Now he made his share of mistakes, sure, but there's other things that led to mistakes as well that sometimes look like a quarterback. Yeah, the the pick six in the bowl game. Uh, that wasn't the receiver running the wrong route. That was him throwing to the wrong guy. Which, I mean, and, it, that, and that happens, and I think he is, you know, he's owned that. But at the same time, I'm with you. I mean, the same excuse, I didn't see that guy. Like, yeah, I mean, that you, that you that we got to move on from that type of thing. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I hope the guy does better with the new, new coaches on board, the new the receivers, the new line. I hope he does better. But, but uh Hank Brown, you know, here's one of the excuses that we heard last year. Peyton was always looking over his shoulder at Robbie Ashford and so on. Well, he's going to be looking over his shoulder at Hank Brown and and, and, uh, White. Yeah, probably so. so. And we're going to find out what he's made of. All right, guys. Later. Appreciate the call, Spectre. Yeah, competition brings out the best in guys. It should. Normally. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Having been around Peyton Thorne now since – the summer, I think he's a guy that would would say, "Okay, I gotta I gotta pick it up." I think he's the first guy to tell you, "I gotta play better." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's I think that is. But no, I think Brown showed some things. Can you take that and do it um, in different situations? Because um, I mean, it was a different game when Hank Brown comes in the game. I'm not oh, taking yeah. anything away from him, but his delivery, his poise, all those things were were there. He's can he get stronger? Can he get more physical? And now you're going to go, okay, how much of the offense are you ready to go? Because as a first-year guy, you don't get – hey, you don't get to work on the offense all year, every year. It's going to be a little different too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things to look at. But there's some guys I think you can win with. Can you find the guy that gives you the best chance to win week in and week out? That's the goal now because you're not, you're not Patrick Mahomes. You're not Cam Newton. Mm-mm. But most teams don't have that guy either. Uh, Michigan, and I'm, hey, I may be completely wrong, 
but I'm fully convinced that Michigan just won a, a quarterback, I mean, national championship with a quarterback that I don't think was a whole lot different than Peyton Thorne. I'm with you on that. Now, they ran the ball. Their defense is great. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot. He didn't make a ton of mistakes. They also didn't have to have many chances either. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminded me of the quarterbacks at Alabama in the early years and, of Saban. And, and Ohio the, State yeah, that won early times. The game to, manager quarterbacks. Yeah, I thought – I mean, J.J. McCarthy's good. He's athletic. Peyton yeah. Horn's pretty athletic too. Um, but they had the pieces in place to win with that style, and they didn't say, hey, let's, let's don't go make the big mistake. Right. But when you're not playing well and you have to push the edge, that's when the big mistakes come. Mm-hmm. Can you get past that? Will it be Peyton Thorne? We'll find out. But I I think there's going to be some competition for sure. Yeah, and the thing you keep saying before we get to break, and John, you're going to be first up when we come back, is it's about about finding who gives you the best chance to win the most games. Like, that's what Auburn's trying to do. And it's not, you know, if fans get caught up in, I want it to be this guy, I think it's this guy, it should be this guy, I want him to win and it be nobody else. I think that's that's not the right way to think, right, Jason? It's got to be okay Let's have a battle. Let's see who's the best, and let's see who makes themselves better and becomes that best yeah. opportunity to yeah. win. Yeah, and, and hey, do coaches always make the, the right decision? Absolutely no, not. They, they don't. No, no. Nor does anybody else. Um, do the coaches go into it going, "We absolutely going to play the guy that gives us the best chance to win"? Yes, because in this day and age, you're not going to be the coach the next two years if that, if yeah. you don't start. It doesn't matter who you are, yep. what your contract is. We've learned that mm-hmm. they're trying to win football games, and so. Um, that that will start I mean, heck it's already started the workouts all the things they're doing right now long before they get in spring practice everything leads towards this ultimate quarterback decision yeah it does well we'll talk a lot more about that coming up here on the wednesday edition of the drive jason caldwell joining us in studio we'll talk more about Derek nix offensive coordinator quarterback battle we got to get to the phone lines and a little bit of basketball talk as well stay with us here on espn 106.7 or 321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Back on the Wednesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 106.7, hour number one, about halfway through it or so. I'm Jacob Goins from On The Line, which is 2-4 to four here on ESPN 106.7, the show before The Drive, filling in for Bill and Dan. Uh, Bill out the rest of this week, Dan out the rest of this week as well. So we've got plans for this show for the last couple of days of this week. But today we've got Jason Caldwell in studio for about another 20 minutes or so. And uh, phone lines continue to light up. We must have said something that got him going, Jason. I don't know what happened. So let's get to the phone lines once again, and we'll start with John on the Sky Bar Hotline. You've been holding on for quite a bit, man. What's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I was just going to say that smarmy-ass uh, comment and uh, post that uh, Lane Kiffin made in reference to our new uh, coordinator is, is exactly the reason I, I never wanted him at Auburn to begin with and uh, probably the reason he never got a sniff at the Alabama job. Uh, I think but, uh, you're I think you're on the right track, and, and it it's something that I – it has to have an impact if you start to looking for a coaching staff or do those things. It has to have an impact, um, things of that nature, in my opinion. I just start wondering if he thinks that way, though. You know what I mean? Like oh, it just I, that's, doesn't. That's absolutely. I don't think there's any even. There's no filter at all. Just yeah. whatever comes to mind. It's and, so yes. mind blowing. Yep. I was uh, going to ask if you'd heard anything further on the uh, defensive side of the ball uh, as far as the coordinator. Yeah. No. I, I think you know it's in this time is so. There's so much focus and so much time it takes to to get one done. They've been they've been down the road on defensive coordinator, I think. But my guess is it'll be 
later this week into the weekend probably before that one were to get wrapped up. I, I think it's going to take a little while. Obviously, you look and, and just mentioned, you know, Lane Kiffin, his brother Chris Kiffin, they're, they're still in, in it. the Houston Texans. Is he a guy that's in the mix? DJ Durkin we talked about as a guy that, that is in the mix. I still think there could potentially be somebody else that that's out there. People have mentioned Tom Allen. I don't think it's him. He's he's already at Penn State, even though him and Hugh Freeze have that connection. I don't believe it's him. But there could be somebody else that would be involved in this one too. All right. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, John, for the call. We appreciate you holding on as well. 334-321-1390. We'll continue it rolling in Slack. You're on the line. Uh, you're on the phone lines here on the drive on ESPN. What's up, guys? What's up, Slack? Uh, the Alabama basketball game last night. Yes. When your head coach puts his hands on the opposing team player. I, I I don't I don't understand. I don't know the rule on that. Well, apparently there's yeah. not one. Uh, yeah, I was about to say apparently it's a slap on the wrist because the next day from the, the SEC. The SEC just basically gave him a reprimand. That's it. Um, and well, I was and and, and West Rucker's exactly right. West covers Tennessee for for twenty four seven, and Tennessee's baseball coach got suspended three games last year for bumping an umpire. That's another grown human being. It's it shouldn't happen. But he got suspended three games for bumping an umpire. Um, you put your hands on an opposing player. Now, it wasn't – he didn't hit him in the face, but it was enough that hey, you can't do that. And he got a reprimand, and that's pretty much it. Um, I, I'm shocked if um, – I, I, we know it. Like, and, but if, if, if a John Chaney or – Bruce Pearl. I was going to say a Bruce Pearl. Or John Calipari. If one of those guys had done it, I'm guessing it would be more than a reprimand. Yeah. That that was crazy. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. Uh, you think Charlie Strong name might be mentioned as a possible candidate for defense? <clears throat> I haven't heard it. Uh, I do think there'll be somebody else in the mix. Um, he's a guy that's been around and, and coached a lot of football. Um, but I haven't heard that name specifically. But I wouldn't be shocked if there's a name that's off the radar that's that's in the mix. Um, I, but I do think it'll be a few days. Okay. And the NFL rule, how does that work? Of course, you can't hire while the season's going on, correct? Uh, I, I think you I think can. you could technically you could but say hey most, he's going to be there most of the time you wait but I think technically yeah. you could say hey yeah I'm going to go take the job as defense coordinator blah 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 but I'm going to finish out my season with an NFL team I think you probably it's, it's different than college mm-hmm. um, and most coaches want to focus especially in the playoffs too they're trying to focus on the playoff game itself rather than their next stop right yeah. not that they're not interested so in I think it, I, yeah I think there's probably more of that going hey look I, I don't I can't this sit down and lock it down and while we're playing and it's a matter of respect as well that's correct right. you're that's going right. hey i want to, I want to make sure that we get you know i show everything and hey i like i'm fine with it um head coach is a different story to where yeah. you go hey if you're going to be a head coach somewhere then you've got to go all right i'm sorry nfl i'm done i'm leaving i'm going somewhere else right coordinator wise if you're auburn you can go hey look here's what we're going to do Here's what we want to be on defense. Um, all our assistant coaches are here. He frees recruits. Um, you can go. We're, we're good for another week if, if that's the case. Uh, I, I think that's a possibility. Now, keep winning and you go to the Super Bowl, it's a different story. But <laughs> yeah, I, right, I think you right. could wait a few more days if he's the guy you really want. We'll see okay. if he is. 
One one more thing. How much does NIL play into your starting quarterback? It. You think it plays a big part? As in, you got to play the highest paid player. I don't or, think or, it does. Exactly. Or, or, or exactly. I, uh, I don't know. Um, but, we don't know either. Well, yeah, nobody knows. But but does it? I mean, does it have? Does that the case at every? Is it just quarterback or is it every position? You could ask that same thing in the NFL too. Or right? or, or you I mean, could go, hey, you just paid a freshman defensive lineman four hundred thousand dollars, and yet he didn't play a single snap. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened at another school. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact that. That's the thing. I can it can it have an impact? Sure. Because that was the the thing I originally thought about, and it, and you just segued me a little bit. But I originally thought about because you start talking about nil and a business says, you know, I think about it with Miami with the Life Wallet guy going, okay, we just paid you a million, this guy a million dollars to to come to this program, um, and he's not playing. We're, our investment is out because, I mean, if he's not playing, then we're not getting any return on our investment. You better play that yeah. guy or not, I'm not giving you a million dollars next time. I, right. That's where I would be more concerned. It's, as a collective, it's not really the same because, you know, it's yeah. people pulling together. Mm-hmm. So I think in that, in that regard, I think it absolutely has an impact. Of, hey, we're, we're a body armor water or whatever, and we're, this is our quarterback. Well, you better play that guy because we just paid him $2 million. Um, yep. That's where I think it has a little bit more of an impact. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks so much, Slack. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. That's a couple of great points that he brought up there, Jason. I know we got, I know we got more phone calls to get to. But, yeah, that's something that I think, in my opinion, would – it's it's relative right and i think it differs between each head coach each coaching staff each organization right because that's what we are now in college football and so uh, i just think it's up to each coach and it's up to each collective and each donor and all that here's the thing and we get back to the other part yeah if you do that and you're wrong and you're playing someone just because they make money, then you're going to get fired. You're putting your job on the line. You better believe it. And in the end, I I just – I think there's guys that go, look, I I don't care. Yeah. Um, We we gambled. We were wrong. Let's move on. Correct. And and so I think that's part of it. And the difference between, okay, I mean, a a million dollars. And that's why you have to be – you have to be really hesitant to go, okay, we're going to – you're going to spend a million dollars on a one-year quarterback – it it better be Kayla Williams. It better work out. It yeah. better be a guy that absolutely one hundred percent wins the job, mm-hmm. and absolutely one hundred percent is the guy that leads you to two more levels. Because if it's not, you start going, okay, okay, is he really the guy? Right. Uh, and and at what cost? And that's the question that people were bringing up when NIL was starting to become a thing, and the money really started increasing. Jason was. What happens when you invest all those millions of dollars into an Arch Manning and it doesn't work out, right? What happens? Do the donors quit donating? Will that kind of balance it out, or will they just say, oh, well, we missed. We'll go well, find well, another you, one. Well, you know, no, you know what happens. You invest all that money, you don't win, and you pay a $75 million buyout. Bingo. We just saw it at Texas a That's where it comes back, going, look, yep. hey, we're going to give you all this money, but you better flat out win. Yeah. Because if you don't, then, hey, those guys, are they'll leave. Yep. We'll Pay the next guy, but you ain't going to be the coach. You're not going to be the coach. And That's we exactly just saw right. it at Texas A&M going, hey, you can go get all those number one classes you want to, um, and we're going to pay for them. But, and that was a big but, mm-hmm. and it came to pass, and, and now 
you have turnover and it's all over the place mm. tons of money being talked about being thrown around really when it comes to coaches players etc let's get to the phone lines one more time we got a couple of people on we're going to get to one then we'll have a break and i want to wrap up our conversation with jason caldwell from auburn undercover terry you are on the wednesday edition of the drive has it come to grips with everybody that the Lions and the Texans could be in their respective championship games next week? It, I, I, crazy. It, it, how crazy is it? <laughs> yeah. I got three words for you. got end of time. Uh, it, well, I say that jokingly. Well, but you know what? It, it, it shows up in the NFL, too. Um, yeah. When you start to have the balance of power a little bit. Yep. Um, we saw it in football. We've seen it in football the last couple of years. And I, and, and I'm, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. I was 100% completely wrong about Transfer Portal. I thought it was going to make the Alabamas and Georgias and everybody else richer, and it has diluted the product across the board. There Why, was, there what's was, your reason for that? Because these guys now go, I'm not, I'm not sitting on the bench. Yep. I'm going to go play somewhere That's else. That's exactly right. Um, I think it's ha- has – and I thought they would be able to go pick, cherry pick the best of players, and it's, it's been the opposite. I think we, we, sit, we saw it in basketball last year with – Veteran teams that have been together and and have that, hey, we're one identity group. And you look at those teams right there, the Lions and, and the Texans are going, hey, look, even with a, a rookie quarterback, they're like, hey, this is where we're going. This is our this is our mindset. Who this is who Detroit is no question what they are. Mm-hmm. They are the heartbeat of, of a head coach. But we've seen it in basketball. We saw San Diego State make a Final Four and, and Florida Atlantic make a Final Four. And in football, we've seen TCU and we saw, you know, a Michigan team that they had a bunch of fifth and sixth year senior guys. I think it's important wherever you are. And I, continuity comes back to it. And, uh, and I think it's shown up in the NFL. Well, Jason, I want to ask you I think the forgotten man seems to be Hank Brown. I, where does he stand, do you think, on the quarterback race? Because with Peyton Thorne, all we heard about was his accuracy and how he made great decisions, and I didn't see any of that this year. Yeah, I, I, we I mentioned, we mentioned Hank Brown now a couple of times, um, and I think he'll be in the mix. Um, he's going to have an opportunity. And so that's that's what you can ask for, and that's all you can hope for, I think, as a redshirt freshman. He, he showed him some things in a bowl game. Now can you take that, build on it, and be a guy that does that as the first-team guy against the first-team guys, and you do that in blitz pickup and, and everything that you have to do to carry that over. Um, he did, I tell you what, he did not hurt himself in the bowl game, that's for sure. And so he's now given himself an opportunity. But, yeah, he'll – I mean, it's, it's – I think it's as wide open as it can be. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Have a great, have a great day, guys. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Terry. 334-321-1390. We got another phone call, but we got to get to our final break here in hour number one on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Final segment coming up with Jason Cobb. We'll have just a couple of minutes with him. When we come back, we'll wrap up the first hour and get into the 5 o'clock hour here on The Drive on ESPN 106.7. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Final segment here at hour number one on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. I'm Jacob Goetz filling in for Bill and Dan, joined by Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover for just a couple of more minutes. We've got a couple of phone calls. we got to hold off on those for just a second. Uh, Jason, we have uh, breaking news that hit right before we went to break and during the break. The fallout continues up in Tuscaloosa with guys entering the transfer portal and committing 
to other big-time programs, and this time it's Antonio Kite, who is now officially an Auburn Tiger. Yep, already uh, announced and signed. I thought it was happening pretty quick. Uh, I've been talking to Antonio for the last um, 24 hours or so. I, I, I got to know him during the recruiting process. A guy that got a late, late offer from the previous staff, but it was much too late. Uh, I think he, I think he might have been here had the offer come a little earlier to begin with. But he's now here. Um, this is a guy that I believe is an NFL type player. Mm. He is. I, I give you the, how how good of an athlete he is. He's a corner that was good enough to be the back to back for a player of the year in basketball. Gosh. as a junior and senior at Anderson High School. That's that's unbelievable. Uh, I think, you know, it was like 21 points, seven rebounds, and almost nine assists a game. Uh, they won a state championship, and then he did about the same thing as a senior. Um, extremely talented player. And this is a guy that I believe would have had an opportunity to be a starter at corner for Alabama had he stayed. And now he'll have an opportunity to be a starter at corner for Auburn. He's six one and a half, one eighty five 185 or so, 190. Long, um Guy that can turn and run, flexible, has everything you're looking for. He had played in seven games last year at Alabama. So he's a guy that's got some experience. So you bring back Keontae Scott and you bring back Kay and Lee and, and this talented group of newcomers, young guys, excuse me. And now you add another guy that kind of bridges the gap with those guys from an experience standpoint. But um, crazy athletic. Um, so – Big, big deal for Auburn to get Antonio Kite today. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, a very highly rated four-star when he was coming out of high school. I mean, borderline five-star, depending on where you look. And uh, was at Alabama and has transferred since all the news a week ago today, Jason, that Nick Saban announced his retirement. And just like that, Auburn has gone up there, poached one, and brought him back home. Antonio Kite is now an Auburn Tiger. They just announced it again just a couple of minutes ago. And you just can't uh, you can't overstate how, how much talent is going to be on that defensive side of the football ball especially back in that secondary and so could this be the only one Jason before we let you go in the end of first hour I mean and I'm not just talking Auburn getting the guys in the portal going up to Tuscaloosa getting the guys that are leaving that whole scenario that everybody's kind of feeding into right now yeah. could Auburn be done yeah it's tough now from a timing standpoint right today's technically the last day to add um, but I've heard hey there's some there's some leeway with a waiver too so they might have a couple more days the problem is there's not a a ton of guys right now, other guys that are in the portal. Obviously, you look and uh, Cale Downs is in there. I don't know that Auburn will be in the mix, even though Charles Kelly recruited him. Mm -hmm. was a big part of the reason why he went to Alabama. Um, that's one that's in there. If a couple more guys get in, I, I, something could happen quick. I still believe that as this goes through the spring, there's going to be a lot more guys that, that go, hey, that's not quite what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a new home. So I don't think it's over with. It may be over with in the short term, but who knows if a guy pops up tonight and says, I'm in, this one happened quick enough that if you get a guy that goes, hey, I know where I want to go, it can happen pretty quickly in the transfer part. And, and the big thing I think that fans are going to think about and I think they should think about is – all of those guys for the last few years and the last staff with Harson and then in this beginning staff with Hugh Freeze, the guys that Auburn missed on, right? All the guys that went to Alabama that Auburn did not get or just didn't have the time to bring them back, they've now got a chance. If they're in the portal like like a like an Antonio Kite or other guys like you mentioned that could enter the portal after the spring window, 
opportunities are there, Jason. And this staff continues to feed into the transfer portal, get guys in there. They're not trying to build the whole roster by it, but they're going and beefing it up a little bit. And Antonio Kite's one of those guys. He is, and, and you look and go, yeah, you need more, more pass rush guys. Defensive line, yeah, you need – but you go, hey, look, you're trying to improve your roster. It's another guy that improves your roster, and he does it from day one. And so um, big deal uh, when you're replacing – four starters in the secondary you lose donovan kaufman to the to the portal uh, and i think that the 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 guys that bridge the gap give you a couple of years not a one-year guy not a true freshman helps you already got some experience those guys are invaluable and, and i think antonio kite's huge jason caldwell auburn undercover auburn 247 go check him out they do fantastic work he's here every wednesday an hour number one on the drive thanks so much man great to have you appreciate on. it thanks Jake. hour number two coming up we got phone calls want to get your reaction to antonio kite we got auburn basketball we still need to talk about that's coming up here on the wednesday edition of the drive alabama this is the drive <laughs> The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 1067. I am not Bill. I'm not Dan. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, host of On the Line 2 to 4, the show that comes on right before uh, The Drive here on ESPN. So be sure you check that out if you're looking for some more sports talk. I host On the Line 2 to 4 p.m. each and every weekday. Lots going on in the world of sports right now. We just had Jason Caldwell in the studio for hour number one uh, from Auburn Undercover, Auburn 247. Be sure you go and check him out. I'm sure a lot of you already have, but if not, be sure you go and check that out. Uh, We had a lot to talk about with Auburn hiring a new offensive coordinator, Derek Nix from Ole Miss. So we have uh, some more to talk about that here in hour number one or in hour number two. Uh, we also have Ken Austin, the quarterback's coach, to talk about. And then the news that broke right before Jason left the studio, right there in our final segment. Auburn has picked up the transfer corner, Antonio Kite from Alabama. They have picked him up, the highly rated four-star coming out of high school. As Jason said, he was the 4A State of Alabama Player of the Year in high school basketball when he was a junior and a senior. Uh, He has now uh, committed and signed. He is officially an Auburn Tiger. That is a huge get for for, uh, Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff. And so we'll talk some more about that here in hour number two. Plus, we have Auburn basketball to talk about as well as the Tigers on the road at Vanderbilt tonight, a place that they are uh, just not very good playing at sometimes they're just not very successful up there in that weird arena gym that they play in it's just if you've been there you know what I'm talking about it even looks weird on television so um lots to get to here in hour number two you can join us on the hotline on the phone lines brought to you by Skybar and that phone number is 334-321-139 you can also text us on the drive text box and that number is 334-564-1840 brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Con Contractors. They also po- sponsor the daily podcast, which you can find at ESPNAU.com or just search The Drive with Bill Cameron. So again, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. Your thoughts on Derek Nix being hired as the offensive coordinator. 
Uh, Hugh Freeze and the Tigers pulling Antonio Kite, uh, the corner from Alabama. Yet another big-time transfer out of Tuscaloosa uh, after the news of Nick Saban uh, retiring from Alabama. So we could talk about that. Your thoughts on basketball tonight as well. Anything on your mind here in this 5 o'clock hour, give me a call, 334-321-1390. And I think we have to start with where we ended the first hour, which was Antonio Kite committing to Auburn, signed, sealed, and delivered the high-rated four-star that was probably going to be a starting corner at, at Alabama has committed to play for Auburn and this cannot be understated with how big of a grab this is this is a guy that I said he had a chance to be a starter at Alabama well guess what he's got a chance to be a starter here he's gonna walk in day one and he's going to be competing for the other cornerback spots and this guy is extremely athletic. Uh, he's pretty raw, right? He hasn't just played a ton, but I think he gives Auburn some really good experience to go along with guys you're bringing back, Kay and Lee and Keontae Scott, plus some other guys, young guys, and really talented guys that you're bringing in in that defensive back room in the secondary. So all things considered, this is a huge get, a late get for sure, but a huge one, and it's one that. When he entered the portal from Alabama, he was one that we felt pretty good about, right? It's one that we felt that Auburn was in a pretty good spot to get and to bring back home. Uh, Jason was telling us in the first hour, this was a guy that if Auburn had a little bit more time with a coaching staff that knew what they were doing and a coaching staff that, I don't know, cared about recruiting, uh, he probably would have been an Auburn Tiger anyway. He probably would have been one originally, and this whole Alabama to Auburn thing wouldn't have even existed. He probably would have become an Auburn Tiger originally. And so the fact that Auburn was able to swoop in and bring him back, I think, says a lot. And it's also important to me, and something that sticks out to me, and I'm sure it does to you as well, about the fact that Auburn pounced, right? Auburn has done this. Florida State has done this. Um, lots of big-time programs have been doing it. A&M's done it. Georgia's done it already. I mean, there's a lot of programs that have gone out and taken these players from Alabama since they entered the transfer portal. They've gone everywhere. And so many different ones have decided to leave and of course some of the biggest names outside of of kite antonio kite um the guys that everybody's talking about right now caleb downs and caden proctor uh those are other players in the portal from alabama that look auburn would love to have those guys i just don't know how far they are into and how much of a foot in the door they have there but the fact that auburn was able to be aggressive and they were aggressive and they went and got a player from alabama on top of what they've already done in the recruiting world as well with Hugh Freeze, it says and it shows just what is happening here, right? It shows exactly what is happening in the state of Alabama where Auburn's trying to take over. Auburn's trying to get back to relevancy when it comes to the biggest players in the state. And that just hasn't been the case for a very long time. Hasn't been the case for a very, very, very long time. And what better time to do it? You may like it, you may not. You may agree with it, and you may disagree with it. But what better time to do it than when the greatest of all time steps away? When the biggest roadblock that you've had for the last 17 years is no longer there? 
Sure, you have big recruiters in the state, and you have big recruiters in the SEC. Kirby Smart's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? Brian Kelly probably not going anywhere anytime soon at LSU. But the biggest roadblock you had in this state is now gone. And so this is as good a time as any for Auburn and Hugh Freeze to take over the state once again, to take it back from Alabama and become the go-to program for the best talent in the state. Because Auburn has not been that location for a long, long time. And I think going and flipping guys like Perry Thompson, right? You go and get a Cam Coleman from a Texas A&M. You're trying to flip a Ryan Williams who's committed to Alabama, right? Winning those types of battles sends a message. And what also sends a message is when a kid like Antonio Kite, who is a baller, okay, when he goes from Alabama into the transfer portal and goes to their biggest rival, that says something to me. That says something about what Auburn's doing down here on the Plains and that they're probably doing something right. And I think it speaks to the outlook of the program and hopefully the future of Auburn football, right? Hopefully this means, look, Guys are buying in, they're believing in what's happening here, and wants them, and that makes them want to come here even more. So that's really big news today. Again, that broke within the last 15, 20 minutes uh, that Antonio Kite, the, uh, the highly rated corner from Alabama, has transferred. He entered the transfer portal. High expectation he was coming to Auburn. It's official. He has been committed and signed to play for Auburn. Other news today that we've received throughout this day is the fact that Auburn has their new offensive coordinator. They have their new offensive coordinator and their new quarterbacks coach, and it is Derek Nix who will be on the offensive staff for Auburn football. And a ton of people have seen this news. They like this news, and you should be excited about this. This is a big hire for Auburn. It's a huge hire, right? Derek Nix is a really, really good offensive coach. He's a good offensive mind. He's a good coach. He gets, he develops players and makes them better, which is why he's also going to be the running backs coach here at Auburn. But I think the most important thing that Auburn hired him for is his recruiting pull and his recruiting skill set that he brings with him. He was at Ole Miss for over a decade, a long time, and he's a guy that Auburn should be very, very excited about to have on the offensive staff. And not just on the offensive staff. He is the offensive guy. He's the offensive coordinator. But I've seen a lot of people today ask this very question. They asked it on my show a couple of hours ago, and they've already been asking it on the, on the drive here today, is, okay, if Derek Nix is the offensive coordinator didn't Hugh Freeze just tell us that he's going to be calling plays? Didn't Hugh Freeze tell us that he's going to be more involved in the offense? So what happens here? What, what is the game plan offensively? Well, that's a great question. That's a really good question. And I think we have an idea, right? I think we have an idea of what it's going to look like, what we think it could look like, and how we think everybody's going to mesh together with that being the new coaching staff you're putting together after you have cleaned house on that side of the football, right, to the very dislike of a lot of Auburn fans, what is that going to look like paired up with the talent that you're bringing in? That's a huge question mark. 
And it's kind of an uncertainty to an extent, right? Because we don't fully know what it's going to look like. But I think we have an idea. And I don't think, and Jason said this in the first hour, I don't think the identity is going to change because Hugh Freeze is going to be heavily, heavily involved and do the majority of the play calling. Is it going to be 100% every play that's called, it's on Hugh Freeze, nobody else has any input, and it's one man, it's a one-man band? No, and that's ridiculous to think so. It's ridiculous for any coach to try and do that in today's game. But Hugh Freeze will be doing the most of it, and he should. He absolutely should because he told us he was going to and he tried not to do that last year and we saw how that worked out. Now, I think it's going to be better regardless because of the players you're bringing in, right? It The offense can't be any worse than it was last year. It's impossible. It's impossible for it to be worse because of all the players you're bringing in. All the ones you've brought in through the transfer portal, on the offensive line, right? The guys that are going to be better at the offensive line that were pretty solid last year. Young guys, I look at Connor Liu, right? I look at those types of guys that will step in and be better this year. I look at the offensive line guys you've brought in through the transfer portal. You've got one from Mississippi State. You've got other guys that can help you with depth there. What you return at running back. And, of course, what you're bringing in at receiver. And then, of course, the question everybody wants to know is who's going to be the quarterback. And I think that everybody's got a shot. And that doesn't include if they bring one in through the transfer portal in the spring. Maybe they do and maybe they don't. But the Auburn offense will 100% be better. There is no doubt in my mind about it. It will be better in 2024 than in 2023. And that's not a bold statement. And I'm not meaning for it to sound that way. That's just a fact. And if for some reason it's not, we're in trouble. Auburn's in trouble. If the offense doesn't get any better from year to year with all the people you're bringing in, oh my goodness. We're, then you have reason to be upset. Then you have a reason to start really getting concerned with what's happening here on the plains. But I just don't think that's the case. With Hugh Freeze becoming the offensive play caller, the offensive play caller, you bring in Derek Nix, who's going to have a big say in all of this, right? He's going to have an input here. Plus, you bring him in as a recruiter, and I said this on my show earlier, and people aren't going to like it, you have upgraded at running backs coach. You have. You've upgraded as a running backs coach. Take their names off of it. Take the name away from it. You've upgraded. And so that's going to help you in this entire system as well. And so I think you should be excited about the Auburn offense. I think you should be excited about the potential of the Auburn offense. And that's something I don't think Auburn fans have had in a while. I think it's been a long time since an Auburn fan base has been optimistic about the about what the offense could look like in the upcoming year because we didn't know what Cam Newton was going to be, right? We didn't fully understand what 2013 was going to be with Nick Marshall and that crazy offense. We weren't ready for that. And we had high expectations for some quarterbacks, and we've been disappointed throughout the years, have we not? We've been pretty disappointed with quarterback play in the last, I don't know, 10 years. We've had, in my opinion, two good ones. 
and one of them transferred to Oregon. The other one made his first NFL start about a month ago. So all of that to say this, Hugh Freeze had year one. He put some some coaches together, right? He pieced everything together. He limped his way through year one, and now he's cleaning house. And the, the statement that people like to use all the time, and it's true, he's now hiring his guys. He promoted Ken Austin to quarterback's coach today. We'll see what that does. I like that move. I think that's a, a respectable decision. And now he's beginning to get his guys. The defensive coordinator still up in the air. We think that should be done rather quickly, somewhat shortly, I guess. But now is when you expect to see some progress. You expect to see a little fun on the offensive side, right? I want to have fun. I want to have fun watching Auburn football. I want to have fun and go and go into a game thinking we can drop 40, right? Thinking that Auburn can put up 40 points in a game. When's the last time you had that sort of confidence in an Auburn offense? I go back to 2013. I think I do. Because even in the Jared Stidham years, you had confidence late, but there was never a game where it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this team, this team could put up 45 today if they wanted to. I just don't know if that's the case. And look, I'm not saying that's what Auburn's going to end up doing, but I'm saying it's going to be better. And I think you should have optimism, excitement, and while uncertainty tends to be bad in today's society, Uncertainty here is okay because the potential sky high. With Derek Nix as your offensive coordinator, with Hugh Freeze as your offensive head coach calling plays, and all the shiny new toys that you have on offense, plus a stacked quarterback room that's wide open right now in the middle of January, that excites me. And I think it should excite you as well. 334-321-1390. Give me a call here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about on this chilly Wednesday evening as the sun goes down as you make your way home? Come on in and join me here on ESPN 106.7. Be a part of The Drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Back here in the studio for the Wednesday edition of The Drive. I'm Jacob Goins filling in for Bill and Dan here on ESPN 106.7. Lots to talk about today. We've been uh, talking about a lot of Auburn football news as Derek Nix hired as the offensive coordinator. Also the news that hit uh, at the end of hour number one uh, about um, you had a kite, the corner from Alabama transfer. Uh, He has officially committed and signed with the Auburn Tigers, so he will be uh, on the planes for Hugh Freeze and Cup this fall and I think we'll have a chance to step right in and uh, start in the secondary and something that went official just a few minutes ago um, it's been known it's been known that he intended to transfer intended to enter the portal um, but his papers have gone through he's officially in it Alabama true freshman all-american safety Caleb Downs has officially entered the transfer portal his papers are in his name is in there and so now uh, he can uh, he can start talking start looking start visiting and see where he wants to go and reports are saying that it is going to be quick uh, that he is not going to take very long and so um, we'll see what 
other SEC teams decide to do here, what other college football programs decide to do. I've seen a lot of early projections and, I guess, predictions from non-relevant sources uh, about Georgia uh, being a possibility here. But let me say this. You're going to pay for Caleb Downs. I mean, you're not going to get this guy for $150,000. I mean, you're you're going to be looking near six figures, I think. And this guy, he's an all he's a freshman, all-American safety. And let me say this too. I have seen in the last week since Nick Saban retired and 23-24 players have left the Alabama football program, I have seen just a downfall of Alabama fans trying to convince themselves that it's all okay. Convince themselves that all these players leaving just aren't all that great. You're trying to tell me that Caleb Downs isn't a good player? Are you serious? You're trying to tell me that Antonio Kite's not a good player because he transferred and came to Auburn? Stop, right? Let's let's think about this for a second. Every time there's a coaching change in college football now, in in this year of 2024 and what's been the last couple of years and what will be for the uh, unseeable future this is going to happen when a coaching change takes place I don't care if it's Nick Saban at Alabama if it's Brian Harson at Auburn whoever the case may be whatever coach and program that it is right this is always going to happen players that committed to that coach that coaching staff who is no longer there they're going to leave because they have that option to do so. And so with Alabama, it's even more drastic and impactful because all of these players were at Alabama for one reason, for one guy, and it was Nick Saban. You see across programs, and look at Auburn, for example. It's the one for us easiest to to relate to, of course. Think about when a head coach gets fired here. Yeah, you have guys leave, but you have some guys hang on because they were committed to this assistant coach or this assistant coach, right, or this defensive backs coach or whatever the case may be, right? They, You have a handful of guys that are committed to that assistant who, as long as he's retained, they'll hang around and, te- and kind of play it out and see how it's going to go. Not in this situation. And that's for two reasons. One, because they were all committed to Nick Saban because of how great he was and how good of a coach, recruiter, and developer that he became and his program became. But also, because even if they were hanging around for some of those assistants, most of them are not going to be there anymore. Because Kalen DeBoer is coming in and cleaning house, as he should. As he should. He should absolutely do that. He has that right. And I think that's the best way for him to go. And so this should have been expected. But I don't think Alabama fans understood that. I think they just under, they thought, okay, Nick Saban left. We're going to hire his heir. We're going to bring in the next one. And everything's going to be fine. Nothing's going to change. And we're just going to keep going and sleeping normal like nothing ever happened. That's not right. That's wrong. That's incorrect. Because... This is how the game works now. This is what happens in college football. College athletics, really, but mainly college football, is when a coach leaves and a change is made, everybody dips out. And I think that has to be expected here. And Alabama's losing some really good players. And for people to say that they're not is unacceptable to me. I won't believe that. 
Now, will Alabama land on their feet? Will they get back to being an elite program? Yeah, there's a good chance that they do. There's a really good chance. If Kalen DeBoer works out or whoever the next guy is going to be, they've got the money and the resources and the fan base to make it happen. So that's okay. But don't sit here and tell me that Caleb Downs is not a good player. He's a freshman All-American corner. He's a freshman All-American defensive back that's now in the transfer portal and has a good chance to go somewhere in the SEC. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the Skybar Hotline here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Inspector, you're on the phone lines, man. What's up? Yeah, I sure wish Jason could have stuck around. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he got to know, talk about it for a second. Yeah, you know, we're witnessing the death of a dynasty. And we're seeing what results of an estate sale is all about. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's it's borderline a free for all right now. It really is. I mean, it's just yeah. it's open season is what I've called it. Well, if we can get at, we we can go after this guy Downs, man, we'd be set in that in that backfield. Uh, you know, uh, offensive line, how are we doing there? For Auburn in particular. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you've got you brought in the uh, you brought in the Mississippi State transfer offensive line. Uh, you brought him in uh, Percy. So he he's a guy that I think is is a chance to come in, slip him in, maybe move Dylan Wade inside a little bit. Um, you've got you know a couple of guys coming back, and I think the I think the experience is going to be there, right? You lose a couple guys, you still have uh, some returning starters, but overall, I think. It's going to be better than what it was. But, again, how could it be? It wasn't bad last year, do you think, Spectre? Uh, well, it had, it had its moments, really, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, it took a lot of shuffling around to get the right combination of, of linemen in the right place. I'm with you on that, yeah. And it, and it took an, actually it took an injury to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, funny how that works it, out sometimes. Yeah, really. But, uh, yeah, they need some – you know, they were young. They're young, really young. So they, they did what they could to be a young offensive line. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it wasn't enough to to protect what we needed. Uh, but, you know, Alabama's losing. I know I heard about a couple of linemen going into the portal. Yeah, that that uh, that Caden Proctor entered the portal today, and yeah, and, and, that's the guy. And I don't know if Auburn is. I I don't think Auburn's in that. I'll be completely honest. I think he has an early crystal ball to Iowa. Um, so Auburn. I mean, they might reach out, but I don't. As far as I know, I don't think Auburn is is very much into that one. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how things are falling apart over in Tuscaloosa. Well, it's what happens, man. It's what happens when a legend leaves. And, and, and again, like I was talking about, people, Alabama fans, they just thought everything was going to be okay. They thought it was just going to be a seamless transition, and they're finding out that it's not going to work that way. You know, several years ago on the, on the shows, we were talking about how we, I wish we could compete with Alabama. They're getting all the five stars and everything. <laughs> it looks like it's everything has just turned upside down yeah and like i said this is a perfect opportunity this is why specter and and everybody listening this is why auburn had to find the right head coach and we don't know if Hugh freeze is yet or not that that the jury's still out on that one right but this is why it had to be a home run hire it had to be the right guy because auburn cannot afford to fire their coach in the next two or three years because this is the time to take the state back over. And once you take it, you see how it was, Spectre. It's really hard to get it back. 
you know, Freeze has got the tools to do the job. And uh, we'll see how it works out. Yep, that's right. Appreciate the call, Spectre. 334-321-1390. And when you look at this offensive line before we get to break, I know we're up against it. But you bring in Percy Lewis, the uh, the Mississippi State transfer, um, who I think can can step in. He's a senior, so he's very experienced, played SEC ball. You gotta You got to be excited about that. A guy that everybody's very excited about, Connor Liu, uh, who I think will anchor that offensive line. Um, you still have uh, Jaden Muskrat. You still have Tate Johnson, Dylan Wade, so and Tutal Miller. Like you have guys here that can make impacts, and I think Jeremiah Wright, um, guys that I think you can put in here and have a little confidence in. And that's the biggest thing for Auburn, right, is to have confidence in the offensive line to do their job good enough and eventually we want it to be elite but that's going to take a little bit of time for Auburn football to get to an elite offensive line but just to build some confidence for the running backs and for the quarterback most importantly I mean aren't you tired of hearing us us guys talk about and and you guys having to call in or talk about during the games and stuff man if he just had some time Man, if that quarterback had time, if he wasn't getting sacked all the time, we'd be a pretty good team. Aren't you tired of that? I am, and I know you are as well. And so I think for Auburn, the offensive line is in a good spot. Not great, not bad. In a good spot, solid. And will they go after the kid from Alabama? They may reach out, but I just don't know if Auburn, to be completely honest, I don't know if Auburn can afford it right now or if they want to spend that type of money. And that's what all is in these conversations as well. you got to remember, same thing with Caleb Downs. You have to remember, this is not just giving a scholarship away anymore. This is not just filling a roster spot. This is finding hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, to get these kids on campus, to get these kids to sign and put on the AU helmet. It's a different game now. It's a different world now. It's pay to win. We'll see how bad Auburn wants it. 334-321-1390. Still 30 more minutes or so. You can call in, be a part of the show. We'll flip gears, talk a little basketball when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Back here for the Wednesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you on a Wednesday afternoon just after the 5.30 hour. We are approaching the second and third segments here in the final hour on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. You can be a part of it on the Skybar hotline, 334-321-1390. I want to remind you that hour number two of The Drive is brought to you by our good friends over at the Orthopedic Clinic. The Orthopedic Clinic is East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you and also on the web at theorthoclinic.com. Well, we've talked a lot of football today. We had Jason Caldwell in the studio for hour number one. Uh, We had 
the Derek Nix news today for offensive coordinator. Right before he left in the first hour, we had um, we had the news that Antonio Kite, the uh, two-year player at Alabama, he redshirted his freshman year, played seven games for the Crimson Tide in 2023. The four-star defensive back transferred out of Tuscaloosa and made the trip down to Auburn. He'll be an Auburn Tiger next year. So we talked a lot about that uh, so far today, but there is some basketball going on tonight, and I would like to talk about that. So if you've got picks and predictions for Auburn basketball tonight, you can give me a call, 334-321-1390. Had some big results last night in college basketball, especially in the SEC, uh, a conference that continues to kind of beat itself up a little bit and we'll get to some of that but big upsets last night Kansas State takes down number nine Baylor 68-64 that was in overtime uh, there in Manhattan you had Penn State a very very average Big Ten team take down number 11 Wisconsin 87-83 how about New Mexico taking down number 16 Utah State 99-86 Cincinnati beat number 19 TCU 81-77 that's four games in a row right there where a top 15 top 20 team got beat on the road by an unranked squad seeing a trend here in college basketball had a top 25 matchup last night number 20 BYU is able to beat Iowa State number right 24 in the country 87 to 72 so Lots of big games, but looking around the SEC last night, and then we'll get to some games coming up tonight as well. Uh, Tennessee handles business at home against Florida, a team that has been looking a little bit better, but uh, Tennessee able to uh, do what they need to do at home, 85-66. to You have the Alabama game last night against Missouri. The Crimson Tide win, 93-75, to but nobody's talking about the the results from this game last night. Nobody cares that Alabama won by almost 20 points. The the storyline that's come out of this game was the fact that Nate Oates shoved a Missouri player last night, didn't get fa- didn't get called for a foul, didn't get a technical, didn't get ejected. What he did get was a reprimand today from Greg Sankey in the SEC, aka a slap on the wrist and say we don't condone what he did. And if you didn't see the clip from last night, the it was a weird situation, and basically it was a scuffle in front of the Alabama bench, under eight media timeout in the second half, and he gets caught up in it, right? There's a little bit of a scuffle, emotions are running high, players are kind of getting into it a little bit as the whistle blows, and Nate Oates decides to put himself in the situation like you're not supposed to do, puts himself in the situation shoves off a Missouri player and says, get the bleep out of here, go back to your bench, whatever, whatever, right? Tells him to get out. And basically what he did was almost like a little arm bar type thing, just took his forearm, put it into the chest of the Missouri player and just kind of shoved him out of the way. Wasn't a two-hand push. It wasn't anything crazy like that. And the shove itself wasn't bad. If a player had done it to another player, we wouldn't have really thought a whole lot about it. But this was a head coach of a college basketball team that did this to another college basketball player on a different team. And it's unacceptable. Was the push and shove itself bad? No, it wasn't. Not by any means. But that's not the point. The point is a head coach put his hands on another player, on another team's player. No no foul call, no technical called, no ejection, no suspension, nothing. 
He got a reprimand today from the SEC. And it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Jason and I talked about this quickly in the first hour. We had a phone call about it. We're going to get to the phone lines in just a second. If this was any other big-time coach, what if Bruce Pearl had done this? What if Bruce Pearl had put his hands and shoved another player out of the way? He would have been suspended for the rest of the year. John Calipari? They would have been suspended for life for doing that. But nothing happened to Nate Oates last night in Tuscaloosa. Really, really interesting. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the Skybar Hotline. And Shane, here, you're on the show, man. What's up? Hey, 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 man. Um, I, I was uh, responding. So, you, you know, all these uh, ranked teams have been losing to unranked teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them. Purdue, a lot. Kansas, high-profile ones, right? Remember when we lost on the road? To an unranked team, why? Why? And then, in like weeks, would go by without, uh, you know, without us getting receiving any points for the top twenty-five because of that loss, basically. Mm-hmm. But you see, you see Tennessee uh, lose to an unranked team; they go down one spot. Purdue loses to an unranked team; they go down one spot. Kansas one spot. So, how is that? I mean, like, how is that fair? Um, not just from a Auburn perspective, but in general. Yeah, I appreciate the call, and it's a good question. And my response to that will be, I think, I think it's harder to drop out of the top 25 than it is to get into the top 25 in most situations. Not all the time, okay? Not all the time. You'll see, you'll see like a team ranked 20. Like for example, right? For example, take. Take the, and I had to pull it up just a second ago. Take Iowa State from last night. All right, Iowa State was ranked 24th in the country. They go on the road to number 20, BYU, and they get beat by 15. There's a good chance Iowa State's going to drop out of the top 25. That's not a hard decision. There's not a lot of room to fall, but it's not a hard decision. As Purdue, as the number one team in the country, losing on the road to Northwestern, yeah, that's a that's a loss. It's not a great loss. Northwestern's not bad. They're a tournament team right now, but it's an unranked loss on the road. And yet, like you said, Shane, they drop one spot. They're number two now, and they beat Indiana pretty good last night. So I think with those top five, top ten teams, they give a little bit more leeway when they lose, especially in conference play on the road, compared to what Auburn did when they were unranked, they go on the road out of conference and lose to App State. Um, I, I think that that kind of put a bad taste in the AP poll voters' mouth. I'm not saying they're right because they were wrong. It took way too much time for Auburn to get ranked. You still have people right now, Shane. You have people right now that don't think Auburn's a top 25 team. How dumb is that? How dumb is that to look at this Auburn team and think they're not a top 25 team in America? unbelievable but I think that's a reason and for Auburn to not be ranked initially it is hard to climb your way in there because typically teams above them have to lose and so that's kind of my reasoning my answer for that doesn't mean it's the right call doesn't mean it's acceptable but I kind of think that's what happened here and so speaking of Auburn they're on the road tonight in conference play to an unranked team And that team is Vanderbilt, a team that is unranked, winless in the SEC, 
and 5-11 and overall this season. It's not a good Vanderbilt team by any means. You look at their schedule, they started the year 0-1 because they lost to Presbyterian, 68-62. They've lost to NC State, Arizona State, Boston College, San Francisco, Western Carolina, and they've lost all three of their games in the SEC so far. Now, they gave Alabama everything they wanted, They only lost that game by three. And guess where that game was? That was in Nashville, Tennessee. Then they go on the road and take on LSU, and they play them within eight. It's not a great LSU team, not bad by any means, and they played them pretty tough. And then they went on the road in their last SEC game, and they lost to Ole Miss 69-56. to We all know about this Vanderbilt team. They play better at home. And is it really a case of them playing better at home or opposing teams playing worse at Vanderbilt? I think that's probably the situation here. We know Auburn's record there. It's bad. It's not good. I was there in person a year ago when Auburn made this exact trip. It was not fun. It wasn't. Auburn played horrible in this game. And it's not a fun trip when you lose. But Auburn's there tonight. And they're another top 15 team. Auburn ranked 13th in the country. They're a top 15 team on the road against an unranked opponent in conference play. And you better believe that if Auburn loses this game, they'll probably get punished pretty hard. I don't think they'll drop out of the top 25, but they'll take a tumble because they're not one of those top five, top 10 teams. And I just think that's how the AP polders think. That's how they vote. Again, I don't think it's right. I don't agree with it, but I just think that's how it goes. But looking at this game, we'll talk about it for a second, take our final break, and I'll give you my final picks when we come back. Auburn's favored by double digits here. All right, Auburn's favored by double digits for a reason. Auburn is the better basketball team through and through. It's not even close. But it's all about how they perform on the road in that weird gym. The benches are off behind the baskets. The floor is elevated with the fans down below it, smacking on it with their hands. Your fans are, the Auburn fans are way up off the side. It's a weird place to play. And it's all about how they perform. It has nothing to do with Vanderbilt tonight. I mean nothing to do with Vanderbilt tonight. It's all about Auburn. How do they perform offensively? How do they shoot the ball? How do they communicate with their guards and with their bigs and with the coaches? All of that plays a factor in this game tonight. I'm not worried. I think Auburn wins. I'll give you my final score prediction, final thoughts on the game, other SEC games, and more as we are coming up on the final segment here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. It's time to stop dealing with a drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Final segment here on the Wednesday edition 
of The Drive here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Been filling in all show long. Been here pulling double duty today. Four hours of uh, Sports Talk Radio. It's been a while since I've done that. And so, look, if you've been here the whole show, been in and out of the car, been on your way home, I appreciate you being with us here on ESPN. Tomorrow, uh, just to kind of give you some updates on what The Drive's going to sound like, um, tomorrow I will not be here. I've got to go and call uh, Lee Scott Basketball tomorrow on the Lee Scott Sports Network. And so, here in the studio, it's going to be our good friend uh, Jumpin' Jack Hutton. He'll be with us. He is uh, with Auburn High School Basketball and Softball. Helps Scott Bagwell on the call on Friday nights for football. Uh, he also hosts After the Game on Wings 94.3. Also hosts Game Day on Wings for football, the pregame show. So he's very well known on our family of radio stations. He'll be in here tomorrow. Coach Don Dunn will be in here tomorrow. I know he's been a frequent visitor in this studio. Super nice guy. Great on the air. And I know you all love his stories and his input. So he'll be here tomorrow as well. Those two guys will visit with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. They'll also have Dylan Cardwell for Tiger Takes in the second hour tomorrow. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. So that'll be on the Thursday edition of the drive. And then um, no drive on Friday. All right, No drive on the Friday. We'll still have the Max Roundtable with Doug Amos. My show on the line from 2 to 4 on Thursday and Friday. Uncle T-Bone will be with me on Friday. And then no drive on Friday. Bill and Dan are both out. They should both be back on Monday, I believe. Is that right drew okay yeah both should be back on monday so um be keep that in mind jack and uh coach don don will be here tomorrow no drive friday both bill and dan should be back it's what they say bill bill's out of town on a little trip so he may or may not come back i don't know and so if (laughs) drew says dan will be here so somebody will be here on monday i don't know but no i appreciate you all being here and uh sticking with us on espn 106.7 a couple of minutes left if you missed any of the show you can go and catch up with the podcast just search the drive with bill cameron wherever you get your podcast or on our station website at espnau.com that is brought to you by our friends at southeastern industrial contractors hour number two of the drive has been brought to you by the orthopedic clinic we appreciate them as well tonight auburn basketball on the road at Vanderbilt. Late tip-off, 8 o'clock. I am not happy about it, but, man, uh, we'll stay up for it. We'll have all your coverage uh, talking about it here on ESPN tomorrow. Uh, my show at 2 o'clock, 2 to 4 on the line, and then, of course, the drive tomorrow afternoon from 4 to 6. You can catch that game broadcast tonight over on our sister station, Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Pre-game 7.30, tip-off at 8 over on the flagship station of Auburn men's basketball, Wings 94.3. Look, I think Auburn wins tonight. I think Auburn is going to win by double digits tonight. I don't think it's going to be just a crazy close down to the wire final shot game. Very well could be. I just don't think that's the case. Um, I compared it to the Texas A&M game we saw a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of games ago, actually. I think Auburn will struggle. I don't think Auburn will play great. They won't shoot the ball well, but you're going to look up and all of a sudden they're going to be up by double digits. You're not really going to know how they did it. You're not really going to know how they get to that 75, 80 points. They're just too good. They're too deep. They're too talented. I think Bruce Pearl's got this team playing really, really good basketball. They've got Vanderbilt tonight. They'll come home for what is currently a top 25 Ole Miss team on Saturday, so excited for that as well. We'll have total recap of that, plus all the Auburn football news that's happened today coming up tomorrow on ESPN 106.7. Check me out, 2-4 to four on the line. It's the show right before the drive. And again, Jack Hudden and Coach Don Dunn will be here tomorrow for the drive. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.